Hey there, welcome to the Alenia Church Podcast, your place to catch all of Alenia Church's previous messages, messages designed to equip you on your journey with Christ. We continue our series, Simply Jesus. Last week we learned that Jesus was the Son of Man and that His humanity lets us know He gets us. Well, today we look at the fact that Jesus was also the Son of God, and this should give us hope for today. Enjoy. Uh, simply Jesus. And uh, this series is about Jesus, all about Jesus. It's Jesus, 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 and Jesus. So I don't think you can get it enough, Jesus. And we are in uh, Holy Week right now. And so as Sean said, we have Easter opportunities. Um, now, here's some important things to grab. One, grab your God uh, loves you cards on the way out. Make sure that you empty your pockets of those before the week is out. Also, if you go to alineachurch.org forward slash invite, we actually have invite tools there uh, on the website that you can download. So everybody's like, why don't you use paper anymore? Which is a lie. Everybody uses paper. Let's just be honest with each other. Uh, But you can go there. You can download the screenshot, um, and you can make your own Instagram post or your Instagram stories that way. Um, But it is so important that one, uh, the number one responsibility of the church is to glorify God. That is why we exist. The number two reason is to make disciples. And uh, those things go hand in hand, and it is our responsibility everywhere we go to spread the love of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus, and that is on me, and that is on you. So that is your challenge uh, this week, is to let people know about your Savior, Jesus Christ, and that we get to celebrate uh, Easter now, if you do not have somewhere to serve for Easter, if you will stop at the Next Steps banner on the way out, we have plenty of opportunities next week because we'll have a lot more people here next week than we do right now. And you can sign up uh, to serve. Uh, mainly, there's two areas. Mostly, it's going to be in guest services. And so you can never have enough bright, shining faces down that hall the long hallway that we have. And so we want to make sure that we have no empty spaces and we fill them up with your bright, shining faces. So if you're not serving, um, just sign up there and we'll get in contact with you this week. And it's also a good idea if we do get overrun, uh, which I'm always, I always pray that we get overrun. I love that. I love, I love getting overrun. I hope, I hope we're yanking these seat covers back. Um, uh, but if we do get overrun and we have more kids than we can handle, it's always good to have extra people that can love on kids. So even if you hate kids, uh, it's, <laughs> God can still use you on Easter. Um, it's also a busy week because um, tomorrow night, every other Monday, I don't know if you know this, but tomorrow night we have prayer group. Uh, it's at 630 the best way that you can sign up for prayer group is go to alineachurch.org forward slash groups, and, and the prayer group information is on there. I've been uh, several times. It's a very, very special time. It's about an hour, hour and a half, and um, man, God really broke uh, loose uh, last time we had that. And then Good Friday is this Friday. Um, I never understood why we called it Good Friday because that is when we remember the crucifixion of Jesus. Um, it's a very somber time, so we're going to have a Good Friday service. I think we said 6.30. Thumbs up? Yeah, thumbs up. I got it right. Hey, listen, the pastor usually is the least uh, in the know of what's going on, so I always had to make sure. So 6.30, it's going to be a very short service. 
Uh, I'm not going to preach a sermon. I'm going to preach a very short service. We're going to have communion together. We have a special gift to give everyone. But then also at the end of that service, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, we're going to do um, a time of prayer specifically for healing. So if you have something that you need healing from or you know someone who needs healing, bring them to that service that night. Again, it's not going to, we do not have child care for that service, so your kids will be in here with us, so we are very time sensitive to that, uh, but it's going to be a very special night, so make sure that you're here for that. All right, you ready to jump in? All right, so I'm always in this state of learning, and I'm always my own worst critic, and I would always do things differently. Um, I had the opportunity to uh, build a building one time, which was a lot of fun. And by the time I was done and we had the occupancy permit, I knew that I would do everything differently. So then we got to build a second building. And by the time we got to get the occupancy permit for that building, I was telling myself I would do things completely different again. I'm always, I'm always my own worst critic. I always want to do things better. I, I will always find different ways that we can improve. In fact, if I had to launch the church in August all over again, I would do things very differently. Uh, if I could go back to January of 2021, when we were boots on the ground, I would probably do things differently. It was like, well, how would you do things differently? I don't know. I think I would stand up a little bit straighter. I think I would act a little bit more bolder uh, in the fact that the Holy Spirit has got his winds at my back and that he is blessing this anointing that God has for us in this work. So uh, that's, what, that's what I would do differently. Um, this series, I would already do different. All right, so we're in week two. I would already do it differently because last week we talked about Jesus, the Son of Man, right? And today we're going to talk about Jesus, the Son of God. And uh, Jesus, the Son of Man, is important for us to understand because uh, we need to understand that Jesus' humanity um, is a key uh, element in him relating to us, right? That's what we talked about last week is that he gets us. In fact, uh, some of the early heresies of the, of the church, um, one of them was denying Christ's humanity, all right? So that would be, like, if you're really geeky, you want to geek out, uh, you can Google docetism or Sabellianism. You can just look that up and see who these crazy people were, um, and that they denied the humanity of Jesus. There are also people who denied the deity of Jesus, all right? So how would I do things differently? Last week, we were in Hebrews a lot. So when I was studying for this message, I realized all of chapter 1 of Hebrews talks about Jesus, the Son of God. Then in chapter 2, 3, 4, and 5, the writer of Hebrews is talking about Jesus, the Son of Man. So we got that a little bit out of order, but it's okay. Y'all forgive me, right? Um, and so that's what we're going to talk about today is Jesus, the Son of God. Now, the writer of Hebrews is writing a letter to the Hebrews, right? Okay, and he is writing to it. Basically, it's a theological, um, a theological document that kind of explains through the lens of uh, the Jewish people, the Messiah, the Son of God, who he is. That's why when you read Hebrews, it is so thick. It's like heavy reading. It's, but it's a great book because it explains a lot of our theology and how we understand things, okay? So today we're going to talk about Jesus, 
the Son of God. And I'm not going to have you stand today as we read because what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a little bit and teach a little bit and then read a little bit and then teach a little bit. Capish? All right. Golly, good. You're awake. That's great. All right. So here we go. Hebrews chapter 1. It says this. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets at different times and different ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. Now, right off the bat, what we need to understand is our God is a communicative God. He talks to us, all right? He has always spoken to mankind. Granted, it has taken different forms and different messages. He spoke to mankind through kings. He spoke to mankind through prophets. I mean, for, for the love, he spoke to mankind through a donkey at one point, all right? So God is going to get his message across. And what we can see in Scripture is that he saved his best method of getting through to us, his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. It says he spoke to us through the son, Jesus Christ. And it is... Another thing we need to understand is that through Jesus Christ, all things were made. And this, in fact, if you look at John, the gospel of John, in chapter 1, it says, All things were created through him, Jesus, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. All right? So here's how this message is going to go today. I'm going to give you seven points. All right? They're going to kind of get interwoven into what I say. And then at the end of the message, I'm going to unpack those seven points real briefly. And, and like, okay, what does that mean for us? So the first two points I want you to understand from this very first passage in Hebrews is Jesus is the creator of all things. Amen. All right? Jesus is the creator of all things. Number two, Jesus is the heir of all things. Heir of all things. Another way to say it is through Jesus, all things were made, and to Jesus, all things belong. Through Jesus, all things were made, and to Jesus, all things belong. All right? Let's keep going. Uh, the sun is the radiance of God's glory. Again, we're in Hebrews. And the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. All right, so number three. If you want to get a glimpse of God, you need to get a glimpse of Jesus. If you want to get a glimpse of God, you need to get a glimpse of Jesus. Society will try to tell you that the God of the Old Testament is not the same as the God of the New Testament. That's rubbish. That is not scriptural at all. This passage tells us that if we get Jesus, we get God. That if you want to understand the heart of God, if you want to understand the purpose of God, if you want to understand the mission of God, if you want to understand the attitude of God, if you want to understand the love of God, just look at the person of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is that image. The exact representation of who God is, is the Son, Jesus Christ. So when you look at the Old Testament, always look at the Old Testament through the filter of who is Jesus. What was God trying to do here? What, what was God trying to unpack through all of history? And 
the culmination of that unpacking in the person of Jesus Christ, the cross, the resurrection, why we are here, what we are celebrating this week. All right? So if you want to get a glimpse of God, you need to get a glimpse of Jesus. So last week we said because of Jesus' humanity, he gets us. All right? Well, if that's the case, because of Jesus' deity, he gets God. Better yet, he is God. It's important for us to understand that Jesus, Hebrews tells us, is the mediator. He is the in-between between humanity and the Father. Jesus over and over says, if you get the Son, you get the Father. If you get me, you get God. He prays for us to be one as he and the Father are one. He prays that we are one with him so that we would be one with the Father. All right? He is the way to the Father. And we know, it says this in 1 John 5, 20, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know the true one. We are in the true one. That is in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. So another thing we can learn from Hebrews is Jesus is not only the heir of all things, not only is he the creator of all things, not only is he the exact representation of God, Jesus is the sustainer of all things. Jesus is the sustainer of all things. It is the word of Jesus, the essence of who he is. The word of Jesus, that is, word is powerful. That word, it means something in the world today. It communicates something to the world today. It has not lost its power. That means when Jesus says, I love you, that means that in that perfect love, all fear has to flee. That means when Jesus looks at you and says, I forgive you, it means that you are forgiven and you are set free indeed. It means when Jesus says that I see you, I love you, I want you as my own, that you can take that to the bank. It means when Jesus says that I will provide for you that we don't need to worry. It means when Jesus says that not a sparrow falls to the ground without me seeing it, that means that he sees you. That's why it's so important for us as a church that we we get that culture in us, that we see people. There's a lot of new faces in here today. I want you to feel when you walk in that someone saw you. Not that they were looking over your head, not that they were looking around you, not that they were looking for the next best thing, not that they were looking for the next conversation, but they saw you, they locked in on you, and they said, hi, I see you. I'm glad you're here. Because that's what Jesus would do if he was here with us in the flesh. He would look at you and say, I see you. I see all your shortcomings. I see all your misgivings. I see all your insecurities. I see all the hell that you went through this week. I see all the times you felt rejected. I see all the times when you were nervous if you were going to have enough money at the end of the month. I see you, and I love you, and I want you to know I'm right here with you. Yeah. That does not go away. 2,000 years later, we can still hold on to that hope. 2,000 years later, we can still hold on 
that this exact representation, this exact expression of God Almighty sees us, he has us, he is for us. Number five, that same passage, he provided a way to purity. He provided a way to purity. In other words, he wanted a relationship with you so much that he offered himself as a way, as a sacrifice, so that you could have a relationship with the Father. He provided a way of purity. You were purchased quite literally with the blood of Jesus. That means, that communicates to me that everyone that I encounter has value. Everyone that I encounter has value. Everyone I encounter has value. They don't look like you. They don't smell like you. They don't talk like you. They don't think like you. They don't vote like you. They don't live on the same side of the tracks as you. They don't operate their Facebook the way you would operate your Facebook. Every person you encounter has value. Why? Because Jesus went to the cross and died for them. Not only that, it says in Genesis 1 that he created them, male and female, in the image of God. That means every person that you encounter has on them the imprint of the image of God. And value is not what someone says about it. You do, know, you do you know that, right? You've been to an auction, right? They get up there, show the painting. You're scratching your head because you're like, I have no idea what that is, but apparently it's something very important. And then the auctioneer starts going, Hey, pretty lady, why don't you give me a sign? <laughs> And the value goes up and up and up. I see 10. I see 20. I see 100. I see 1,000. I see 100,000. I see a million. And Jesus steps forward and he says, I see you, and I'm paying for that person with my blood. That's your value. And I, I just, as your pastor, don't think we get that. I'm just being honest with you. I just, rarely do I encounter someone that just, I don't know if I 100% grasp that concept of the love, irrational love God has for me. And that means if he has that love for me, should I not have that love for my fellow man. Way off my notes. So, after this point, the writer of Hebrews kind of starts preaching a message in that he's trying to make some concepts come to light by drawing out Scripture from the Old Testament. All right, so let's read along. 
he really, what he's trying to do is he's trying to, he's trying to show the Hebrew people that Jesus wasn't just some spiritual being, wasn't just some angel, all right? So he says this, so he became Jesus superior to the angels, just as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. The son superior to the angels, for to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son, today I have become your father, or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. So that's from Psalms 2 and 2 Samuel 7, if you're taking notes. Again, he brings his firstborn into the world. He says, and let all God's angels worship him. And about the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his servants a fiery flame. That's from Psalms 104. So two things I want you to get from this, the last two points. Number six, he is the firstborn. Why is this important? As a firstborn, I'm a firstborn. So I kind of, I have firstborn tendencies, you know. You, if you're a firstborn, you know firstborn tendencies. If you're a second or a thirdborn, you're like, yeah, I know firstborn tendencies, right? But the firstborn always got in the Jewish tradition a double portion of the father's inheritance, all right? And I always wondered about that. It didn't make sense to me. I'm like, why is the firstborn the favorite? All right? My secondborn's on the front row, so I don't want him to think that the firstborn is the favorite. Firstborn's not the favorite. But here is the reason the firstborn in Jewish tradition got a double portion. Because in the absence of the father, the firstborn was to take care of the rest of the kids. You get that? Jesus, the firstborn, his responsibility is to take care of you. So he is the firstborn of all creation, meaning he is put in the position and the responsibility to take care of you and to take care of me. But number seven, Jesus alone is worthy of praise. And so the, the writer of Psalms, or the writer of Hebrews, he's, He's pulling all these passages from Psalms, and he's like, listen, Jesus wasn't just an angel. He was, he was given a name above every name. In fact, if you look in Revelation, there's a passage where John bows down to worship this angelic being, and the angel's like, get up. What are you doing? I, -uh. I'm not the one who gets worship. He gets worship. That's, that is a good litmus test in your life if something is for God or against God. Because if it will gladly accept your worship, if it will gladly accept your praise, if it will gladly accept your gaze, then you know it's not of God. Because anything of God would be like, I'm not worthy of worship, he is. And listen, Satan... There is good indication that Satan was a worship leader in church, that he was musical. I always hated this message when I was a worship leader. I'm like, hey, don't, don't give us worship leaders a bad rap. You know, I'm just trying to get up here and sing. I'm trying to use my gift, brother. I'm trying to use my gift. <laughs> but what happened is Satan's pride, because the Bible says that he, he was created, I mean, gorgeous, beautiful, but that he, 
he, his responsibility was to bring worship, and he got a little too comfortable with the, oh, that was so good. That was so good. And his pride started getting in the way. Just for those who are up on the stage, you got to be careful about that. You want to know why pastors fall? You want to know why you are seeing such a rash of that? Because pastors got too comfortable with the, that was really good. Yeah, you know what? That was really good. It was really good. I really do deserve that. Spent hours crafting this message and honing my speech and practicing my phrasing and make sure I get loud at the right moments. Get really quiet at the right moments, too. People were just, I just got them by the thread. They're like, oh, Pastor, that was so awesome. And if you encounter someone that doesn't go, thank you, but God, yeah. be careful. Because Satan got a little too comfortable with the accolades. I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying you're not worthy of, hey, you did a great job. I'm very big on that. Hey, you did a really good job. Mihai did a really good job today. Really did. But when you start craving that and you start seeking that, you are putting yourself in the same position as Satan himself. And Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy. That means he wants to steal the worship off of God and put it on things that don't make any difference. And I promise you, I don't know how many people were in the room but my guess is 99.9999999% of us are worshiping something that does not deserve our worship. What is worship? It is our heart's affection and it is our mind's attention. Do you worship, do you worship having the perfect family? Do you worship having the perfect finances? Do you worship... Whatever the case may be, there are things that look good on the outside that are clamoring for our worship, but they are not God. Let me tell you, I know both of my kids, well, I have two teenagers now, dear Jesus, help me. So Wesson just turned 13 this week. And I think that, I think people who loved us the most at some point in our life probably could have walked up to us and said, I think you have your worship on the wrong place. Because we, we are a little maniacal when it comes to our kids. We love our kids. We had a hard time having these kids. And so we tend to be a little fanatical about it. But just that subtle shift. That's why Jesus says, hey, these things aren't bad, but seek first the kingdom of God. All of these other things, they're going to be added to you. They're going to be added to you. And listen, it says that he was seated at the right hand of the Father. Don't you think that he's in probably a pretty good position to take care of you? 
He's in a good spot. All right? So I told you I was going to unpack all of these things. I'm going to skip the last verses, Wyatt. So why is it important for us to understand that Jesus is the Son of God? Real quickly, and as the band is coming up. Why is it important for us to understand that Jesus is the Son of God? One, if he is the creator of all things, he created you. And if he created you, he has a purpose for you. Let me say it again. If he is the creator of all things, he created you. And if he created you, he has a purpose for you. What's my purpose? Open the Bible. Walk justly, love mercy. Walk humbly with your God. What's my purpose? To glorify God in my work. What's my purpose? To be the best parent I can be. What's my purpose? To be the best coworker I can be. What's my purpose? To express love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control? What's my purpose? To glorify God in everything that I do. What's my purpose? To love God and to love people. You have a purpose. My goal and my prayer for you is that you discover what that purpose is. Because I want you, I want you working in all the gifts and all the calling that God has placed on your life. Number two, if he is the heir of all things, that means he gives us access. Romans 8, 14 and 17. For all those who led by God's spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. We could stop right there. Hey, believer, those who call on the name of Jesus, you do not have a spirit of slavery. Get that off your back. Get that out of your mind. That bondage you keep, you keep slipping into bondage, not because bondage has a hold of you, but because you've got your hands to wrap tightly around the bondage. You gotta let go of it. You gotta stop wallowing in it. You gotta stop cozying up to you. It's not your friend. You do not have a spirit of slavery. Instead, you received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are God's children, also heirs. And if we're heirs of God, we're co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. You know what that scripture tells me? That's from Romans. It means you have heaven at your disposal. It means that the power of Christ is in and alive in you. That means that you don't have to go up to the barista at Starbucks and go, if you want this or not. I don't know if you want to go to church. I know you probably hate God, but there you go. It means you walk up and you say, I see you. 
You don't say this out loud, but you think it. By the power of God inside of me, I know that I have a message that you need to hear. And that message I know that you need to hear because the Spirit is working in and through me is that God sees you and God loves you. And I don't know what hell you've gone through this week. I can tell on your face you've had a rough week. I can tell, I'm sorry that customer in front of me cussed you out. What a jerk. Probably wouldn't say that either. But anyway, I want you to know that I see you. And I want you to know that my God, he sees you too. That you have that power of heaven at your disposal. When I think of a slave, I think that I think of this, this image of what we're tied up. And we're walking around with our hands behind our back, with our, our spiritual hands behind our back. And God's saying, why did I die for you? Why did Jesus spill his blood for you? It was so you could have a relationship with me, but it was so much more. It was so that I could break those chains of slavery off of you. And so you could walk into a dark and gloomy world and you could say, I am a son. I am a daughter of the king. Number three, if he is the exact expression of God's nature, that means when you get the son, you get the father. Number four, if he is the sustainer of all things, that means he is sustaining you and he will always sustain you. That when you have those moments of doubt, when you have those moments of I can't, when you have those moments of I don't know how, you just know that it does not rest in your ability. It does not rest in your your knowledge. It does not rest in your intellect. It rests in the person of Jesus Christ who is the creator of all things and he is the sustainer of all things, meaning he is sustaining you. Number five, if he is the provision for forgiveness, it means you can today turn to him. John 1.12 says, but to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God to those who believe in his name. Number six, if he is the firstborn, that means he is in the right position to provide for you. Let me say one thing before I get to seven. There was a a man that I was, I got to sit under in college and he taught a class called Bible 350. It was an inductive Bible study. And it, it was a great class, but you did absolutely want to poke your eyeballs out. Um, but he had eight kids. He had four biological children, and he had four adopted children. And one of his favorite things that he would do, and he was older, he was like in his 70s, so his kids were grown, he had grandkids. But he had pictures of all of his kids up on the mantel. And when you would go over to his house for dinner, he would say, hey, I want you to go up there. Can you tell which of those four kids are adopted and which of those four kids are biological? And you'd go, Dr. Fink, I... 
I, I can't tell. You know what he would say? I can't either. You have the spirit of adoption in you, on you. Meaning when God sees you, he sees you through the blood of his son who purchased you. He's, you are co-heirs with Jesus. That spirit of adoption, I've not adopted, but I know people who have been adopted. I know people who have adopted. And they say it's something you can't put words to because the love you would have for your biological, you have for your adopted. That means that the love that God has for his son is the love that God has for you. Last thing is this. If, if he is all that we just listed, we should worship him. If he is the exact expression of God, we should worship him. If he is the radiance of God's glory, we should worship him. There's, a, there's someone who's been doing studies on emotions. And she said, if you ask someone what, how many emotions there are, typically people will say, well, there's three emotions. There's happy, there's sad, and there's ticked off. But they've discovered like over 80-something emotions. And two of the emotions really caught my attention. They're the emotions of awe and wonder. Awe is when you, you lose your breath for a moment. And you try, to, you try to make space for what you've just encountered. You, you try to... You try to, as futile as it is, wrap your head around the, the greatness of what you're experiencing. The best way I can describe it is when I drove into Yosemite Valley and there was El Capitan and I was in awe. I was like, just kind of stumbling and I couldn't take it in because it was so much. And wonder, wonder is this idea of curiosity where, where a butterfly lands on your finger and you're just like, beautiful this is. The curiosity of what makes, what makes it float? What makes it survive? What, what makes it thrive? What, what makes it so, so beautiful? And what I want to do in this last moment as we close and then Sean will come up is I want us to stand and I want us to as we always do every week, we're going to make this uh, opportunity for you to come and just be before the throne, be before the altar and pray and worship. But we're going to worship one more song. And I want us to keep in mind the idea of awe and wonder that Jesus is the exact expression 
of God the Father and wonder. He is the radiance that you make space for it in your soul. You make space for him in your spirit. You, you make space for him in your mind and just, just God, just fill it. I'm so in awe of you. And I'm in wonder of your glory. And I'm in wonder of your majesty. And I'm in wonder of your works. To God be the glory. When we go into this next week, humbly remembering what you did for us. That we don't deserve it. And we thank you that we get to be recipients of it, though. In your name we pray. We hope you enjoyed that message. If you'd like to stay connected to Alenia Church, you can do so by going to aleniachurch.org forward slash connect. That way you can keep informed of everything that's going on. If you would like to partner with this ministry, you can do so by going to aleniachurch.org forward slash give. There you can make an easy tax deductible gift to further the reach of the gospel through Alenia Church. Would you also pray about becoming a monthly partner through your financial giving? Our site makes it easy to set up a recurring schedule. Our prayer is that we are able to begin video recording these messages in the 2022 year, and your giving will help make that possible. Please take a moment to share this message, subscribe, like, and comment wherever you get your regular diet of podcasts. It helps us by getting the word out about what God is doing here in Middle Tennessee. If you don't yet have a church home and you live in the Murfreesboro area, we would love to host you for Easter at Alenia April 17th, 10 a.m., meeting at Oakland Middle School. Remember, God sees you, He loves you, and He wants the best for you. God bless.